It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Fan Friday edition of the show. We're getting back to it. Daniel Olson, a little bit off the beaten track, a guy who grew up an Aggie fan but does have plenty of allegiances to BYU, will be our featured guest and co-host on today's show. We'll get to that. Also need to talk a little bit about our player countdown series. Day number 90, we are 90 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season in Rice-Eccles Stadium, and we need to talk about a new commitment to the BYU football program for the 2021 class in Weston Jones. So a busy Friday right here on the show. It's all brought to you today by our title sponsor, as our good friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and save $10 on your first order. Also brought to you in part today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you more about both of those companies as the show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 5th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast, the original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We are available everywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure to follow along. That way you never miss an episode of the show as we talk BYU sports. Starting off today's show, wanted to talk a little bit about a new commitment to the BYU football program, and that is Romeo Michigan's own Weston Jones, a guy we've had on the podcast in the past and expecting to catch up with him here in the next little bit, and we'll have a podcast once he's able to do an interview and talk a little bit more about this. But he announced yesterday via social media that he is committed to BYU Jones, a six foot five, two hundred and fifty to two hundred and sixty pound lineman out of Romeo, Michigan, at Romeo High School. There, he's a member of the twenty twenty one class. Currently rated as a three star prospect according to the twenty four seven Sports Composite ratings, with a rating of zero point eight three one six. So, very much a, a middle uh, three star, but not a not a bad prospect by any means. I think he's absolutely a guy that BYU fans should be excited about. A lot of people I saw on social media last night talked about the thought that he was kind of in the same mold of a James Empey. And I can see that because Empey had similar size coming out of American Fork High School, six foot four, 250 pounds before going on a mission. Same situation that Jones apparently will be in. Jones is expecting to go on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before enrolling at BYU. But the difference between the two uh, speaking of Jones and Empey, is that Jones has traditionally played at offensive tackle throughout his high school career. We had him on this podcast, and we're probably talking a month or two ago at this point, and he talked about the fact that he's he's capable of playing anywhere along the offensive line, but he really enjoys playing offensive tackle. 
I think Jones will move inside into the interior of the offensive line once he gets to BYU. But if he's able to prove he can play offensive tackle, I'm sure the coaching staff will not be opposed to putting him in that position. I, but I think that he's got all of the skills necessary to be a starting caliber lineman for BYU. Uh, this is a good prospect to pick up. Like I said, a member of the church out there in Michigan. It's going to make a little more headlines because, because he comes from a non-traditional recruiting ground for BYU sports. But anymore, there are prospects nationwide who are members of the church that BYU absolutely has to be in on on early and Weston Jones is absolutely one of those guys BYU got in with and, and chased him heavily. Uh, Virginia with their largely LDS coaching staff also had offered uh, Weston Jones. I also had offers from Iowa state and a number of G five programs. So a talented lineman and BYU picks up a good, uh, a good prospect. I think in the 2021 class, I think he'll be well served uh, joining the BYU football program after a mission and, I expect that at some point in his career, he should be a starter for the Cougars. All right, one thing we need to get to before we get to our Fan Friday portion of the podcast is to talk about our player countdown series on today's podcast. We are 90 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season at Rice-Eccles Stadium. And as such, we have uh, once again come up with the greatest player to wear the number 90 in a BYU uniform. And this was a debate I thought of two brothers versus one of the guys who was one of the best quotes to ever wear a BYU uniform. And I am speaking of the Kafusi brothers, Corbin and Bronson Kafusi mainly. Devin Kafusi was slated to wear the number 90 for BYU had he decided to stick around with the Cougars this season, but he decided earlier on in the offseason to transfer and landed with the University of Utah. And you wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully all goes well for him as he strikes out on his own with a new path. But his two older brothers, Corbin and Bronson, are absolutely BYU legends. The other two finalists we had for the best player to wear the number 90 in a BYU uniform included Stan Varner, a defensive end in his own right from Skyline High School, played for BYU in the early years of Lavelle Edwards' tenure, put up monster numbers, 230 total tackles, 19 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, 26 quarterback hits. So a guy that a lot of people may not know, but a very talented player and a very productive player. And then the guy I mentioned, the best quote, in my opinion, to come to BYU maybe ever is Lenny Gomes. Uh, Now goes by Lenny Gregory. He's a high school coach back east. But Lenny Gregory, Lenny Gomes at BYU, put up 229 tackles of his own throughout his career from 1989 to 1993. Nine and a half sacks, 20 tackles for loss, 30 quarterback hits, and nine pass breakups is mainly a defensive tackle for the Cougars out of Santa Rosa, California. Went to Montgomery High School. And Lenny Gomes... Obviously, the quote will forever live on that they'll be pumping my gas when I'm making, what, $60,000 a year after BYU lost to Utah uh, in the 90s when he was playing. Uh, He's never really addressed those comments. I've tried to get him on to do interviews in the past for both my radio job as well as this podcast and never been able to land the big fish, the white whale, I guess we could call it, when it comes to Lenny Gomes, a guy we'd like to hear from to talk more about those comments. Maybe at some point he'll want to look back and talk a little bit more about it. But the fan vote in this was heavily skewed in favor of Bronson Kafusi, as one would expect. Uh, Bronson, a standout player, defensive lineman for BYU, went on to be a mid-round draft pick in the NFL by the Baltimore Ravens, now a member of the New York Jets. And 
I think that uh, it was a pretty easy pick for most people when it came to picking Bronson here. And I get the, why the fan vote went in that direction. Uh, my my thing is is that I thought Lenny Gomes, just with his ability to, to turn a quote and his production as a defensive tackle with 229 total tackles in his career, I'm actually inclined to give the nod to Lenny Gomes, but I think Bronson is probably the safer pick. Uh, Bronson in his career, 168 total tackles, 26 and a half sacks, 44 tackles for loss, 12 quarterback hits, 14 pass breakups, and five forced fumbles. His senior year alone was just an absolutely marvelous year in 2015. 64 total tackles, 11 sacks. BYU has had a guy uh, going double-digit sack numbers since that time, if I'm not mistaken. He had 20 tackles for loss that year, almost half of his entire career output in that regard. Just a phenomenal Phenomenal season. So I'm actually going to go with the fans today. I'm picking Bronson Kafusi, but it was very close. I, I really wanted to pick Lenny Gomes, but I think Bronson, what he did in a BYU uniform, cannot be ignored. One note for you guys, though, is that Bronson Kafusi going into training camp with the with the New York Jets this year, watch for a position change. Uh, I'm probably not at liberty to explain all of the details on that, but don't be surprised if Bronson Kafusi is in a new position when he, when he shows up for training camp with the New York Jets. Uh, I'll reveal more of that if I can. I'll have to talk to some people to see how much they're willing to let me reveal, but it would not surprise me to see him in a new position when he plays with the Jets this coming summer slash fall. And here's hoping that his NFL career can continue on for the, for a while longer. Bronson and Corbin have been spending a lot of time here locally recently working out, obviously a lot of social media videos and I wish them nothing but the best as they get ready for the upcoming season because it's tough enough really to to get yourself ready for an NFL season and doing that without some of the things that they're given as NFL players when they're around their team facilities, which they have not been for months. It's going to make for an interesting year all the way around, and I wish them nothing but the best as they get ready for this year because they deserve it. Uh, just to kind of break down the fan votes real quick for you here, Bronson Kafusi finished with 70% of the vote. Lenny Gomes came in with 20% of the vote. Corbin Kafusi with 6%, and Stan Varner coming up in the rear with 4%. So a lot of fun. We'll have more of these over the weekend, our special editions of the Player Countdown Series. Look at players number 89 and 88 over the weekend, so get ready for that. A lot of tight ends in those two groups. We'll talk about them on both Saturday and Sunday, so stay tuned for those over the weekend. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to talk with Daniel Olson, a Utah State Aggie fan, but also has plenty of allegiances to BYU. I thought it was a little bit of a unique uh, story in terms of his wanting to be on Fan Friday here on the podcast. We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys that today's title sponsor on the podcast is our good friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a homegrown company here in the state of Utah based in Spanish Fork, but they're available everywhere, these healthy protein bars that Built Bar has created. All of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They truly are, as they like to say, revolutionizing the protein bar business. I love Built Bars. I've seen some of you on social media talking about the fact that you have switched to them and you love them. And I think that everybody who does try them realizes, man, these guys are absolutely incredible. These bars are absolutely incredible. They're legitimately a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they come in a myriad of flavors. I think they're up over 20 different flavor profiles at this point, and they're always launching new ones. I told you guys I had some favorites. I was really looking forward to trying the pineapple upside down cake. I ordered a box of those. 
and they are absolutely phenomenal. I have loved every bar I have had from Built Bar, and I would encourage you guys to check it out. And additionally, right now, if you use the promo code Locked On when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get $10 off your first order. Save yourself some money and try the best protein bars in the business. Best part is you're supporting a local company here in Utah when you support Built Bar. So check it out, guys. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself $10 on your first order. That's BuiltBar.com. Proud sponsor of us here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Of course, it's a fan Friday here on Locked On Cougars, and we are talking with Daniel Olson, a guy who has USU the right blue as his Twitter handle. That should tell you a little bit about his background, but has plenty of allegiances to BYU. I thought this would be a fun fan Friday, a little bit off the beaten track in terms of a guy who is an Aggie fan, but also has a lot of loyalty to BYU at the same time. Some great thoughts on the Cougars from maybe a little more of an outsider's perspective. So without further ado, let's kick off fan Friday with Daniel. Olson. Please welcome in now Dan Olson. And this is a little bit unique of a fan Friday here on the Locked On Cougars podcast because, Dan, your Twitter handle mentions the fact that you are a Utah State fan first and foremost. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm just trying to get through. I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year, but I'm definitely excited for Sounds Like Sports is coming back soon. And so that, that definitely love listening to your your podcast and every morning when I'm on a run and yeah, it's keeps me going. So thanks for that. Yeah. So Dan, give us a little bit of your background here. Obviously I mentioned that you're an, a Utah state Aggie, uh, by, by choice or by family allegiance. I don't know exactly what your tie is to the Utah state Aggies, but you also have a, a fairly sizable fandom of BYU kind of fill us in on your background in that regard. Yeah, that's an interesting story. So um, it, it kind of probably goes back to my dad. He he went he, – he played for Provo High School and played with uh, the – played with Sean Covey, I think, with his, his quarterback, okay. and he played wide receiver for him. And then and then after his mission, he got, like, a, his bachelor's degree where he served in Cal State Fullerton and then got a master's at BYU – and then after he got his doctorate, we kind of moved out to Ohio. And then he got an offer from Utah State. Um, and so, so really, I, I was I, so I was born in Provo. I, we only lived there for three months. I think that if I, we had lived there for like five, ten, fifteen years, then I'd probably be wearing the royal blue more so. But um, so yeah, just living in Logan, I think that. And also, I I feel a allegiance kind of to my school because I, I went to Utah State and got a degree from them so even though I was born in Provo I was kind of raised to be an Aggie and but um I think BYU has slowly crept up my rankings like it used to be like you know like it's a big rivalry so it's like I felt like I couldn't really like BYU but now they're kind of I've met a lot of nice people on Twitter and I'd say like they're maybe my second or, or third they're, they're, they're probably close to like my second favorite team in, in most sports Okay. To the Aggies. Well, so 
you you obviously you interact with the podcast. You've been a longtime listener here to the show, and I can't thank you enough for that because considering you said the Aggies are kind of your first love, but when you've watched BYU play over the previous few years, regardless of when they've been playing other teams or when they've been playing Utah State, where do your rooting allegiances lie? Are you more of a fan of players at BYU or is it the program? Kind of where do your allegiances lie? Well, I think one thing is, so I, I like, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like you, to be a good member, you have to cheer for BYU. So, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm an Aggie and, and that's great. But I, I think just kind of meeting really awesome people on Twitter has it helped me kind of like BYU more because before I think they're with all schools they're like even with the Aggies and there's kind of a, a stigma uh, like maybe a negative stigma of some pe- of some stuff at BYU but I yes. after meeting a lot of people I I realized that there's really good people I mean my wife is went to BYU and, and so that, that was awesome to meet her and and she's not a big sports fan so she kind of for the sake of my happiness, she kind of cheers for the Aggies with me. So, um, but my in-laws are definitely all Cougars, and my family is kind of all all Aggies. All, all my siblings went to Utah State. All right. Well, yeah. So, if I had to ask you, who is your favorite former or current BYU football player of all time? Hmm. Football. So I, I love. I'd love to say probably Riley Nelson, just because there's okay. a lot of. Utah State ties. Um, so I went to Logan High School. So, I mean, you know, he, his whole family is a legacy there. And his dad and he and I think his younger brother, DJ, they all have state titles there. And so, I, and, and he did play a little bit at Utah State. I, I, I think I've said before, like, to me, like, he did some amazing things at all three places. Like, he won a state title. He won, he, even winning a game for the Aggies back in the, in the Brent Guy era, that was kind of amazing. Like he, I think he beat um, Fresno State in a close game, and I remember watching it on K Jazz, and I was like, "Well, wow, that's awesome. Maybe he'll do something." And and I, I wasn't too bitter when he left because I understood his situation. I mean, BYU at that time um, was a was a pretty much a powerhouse. I mean, they were still beating Utah sometimes, and and they were winning a lot of games. And I mean, Utah State was still kind of struggling where it was at. So it, I think it was a good choice. And, and that fake um, spike or the fake spike throw in the, in the bowl game, I think it was like his junior or senior year. That was, that was pretty cool. Um, that's my favorite. One of my favorite plays, probably my least favorite play was the, I was gonna um, ask. in two, 2011, <laughs> I remember thinking, Oh yeah, Jay keeps, he's like, I mean, I remember hearing he was supposed to be really good, but like he kind of had a rough go at BYU and I was thinking, Oh, wow, we got this in the bag, but yeah, Riley did, did one on his former team, but like, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I enjoy listening even more so to the um, broadcast now that he's with um, Greg Rubel calling the games. Cause he's got a lot of insight on football for sure. Absolutely. I, Riley, he's always been a guy I've always enjoyed interviewing in all my time in the media and everything. So it's always fun to catch up with him. And I uh, obviously you root for Utah State when they play against BYU. What is the most memorable uh, battle for the old wagon wheel game that you look back on, uh, regardless of the result? Which one is the most memorable for you? Hmm, that's a good question. I have to say, just because of on the day that it was, on, so on my 25th birthday, 
um, October 3rd, 2014, we came into BYU. They were, they were undefeated. They'd just beaten Texas. And our quarterback, Chucky Keaton, he was injured. So we're thinking, oh, we're in deep trouble. So, um, uh, so we had our backup going against them, and we were doing pretty good. Um, unfortunately for BYU, I mean, Taysom got injured. And, but, I, 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 I mean, even before he got injured, I think we were holding our own. So it's kind of a fun debate. Some BYU fans think, oh, Taysom was healthy, we win. And who knows, maybe, maybe they would have. But, but I think – um, I, I, I feel like always on my, on my birthday, it's kind of nice to have a present. So I think BYU gave me a nice present there. Um, that, that was, that was yeah. definitely a memorable, I remember going to Buffalo wild wings and actually the, the restaurant owners were kind of nervous because there were some BYU fans, but you know, you kind of know the Aggie fans can be pretty diehard, pretty, um, rabid sometimes. So, yep. um, it was really loud. And so they kind of said, Hey, BYU fans, you might be safer if you guys like eat, eat in the outside area so so it was kind of a crazy time like watching the first half there and then we came home and celebrated the the win there but yeah that would definitely be my most memorable just because it was on my birthday well absolutely I, I can completely understand that and you you weighed in with this when we did those uh looking back the what if questions for BYU football in the 2014 season had Taysom Hill not gotten injured what would have happened for BYU football? It's just an interesting debate, but that game, you're right. Uh, Chucky Keaton was injured in that game, and I think a lot of BYU fans were like, okay, you know what? We're going to roll over the Aggies and, and smooth sailing ahead, but that injury, it completely changed the whole outlook of that season for BYU. So very, uh, I, I like your your take there because your birthday, obviously memorable in that regard, but when your favorite team goes and does what they do against the odds, yeah, it makes it a lot more fun. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and we're talking with Dan Olson here. Uh, Dan, where can people find you on Twitter and social media But first? Um, so my personal uh, social media is, so it's at USU, the right blue. Um, blue has always been my favorite color. And so, and then the name of it is just the, the Aggie fan, Dan. Okay. And um, so also, I, I don't remember my, Facebook or Instagram, but I also wanted to kind of bring up some, I, I kind of have a little side um, sports project that yeah. I, Go I do with, with the app. It's, it's at the hive sports on Twitter and Instagram. It's, and we have a Facebook page called the hive sports. And my goal is just to kind of cover like the buzz, no pun intended, just the buzz on sports and in the beehive state. So I definitely have written some BYU articles. And then also if you're a jazz Aggie, Utes fan. I try to balance out, and and some and occasionally some of the smaller high schools or college schools, and try to cover some of the big stories around here. There you go. Part one with Dan Olson. Can't thank him for taking the time. We'll get to part two here in just a second. Some more thoughts on BYU and his relationship with the Cougars, being an Aggie fan, and. I thought it was a fun conversation, so hopefully you guys are enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying talking with Dan. We'll get to the part two here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute today and share a little bit about our good friends at Telechris Plasma Resources, guys. Right now, there's a critical, urgent need for people to donate their plasma. 
Obviously, uh, we're all living under this pandemic, uh, COVID-19, a little bit of a spike here in Utah in recent days. Well, Talacris and their parent company, Griffles, which is a national company, are actually on the forefront of fighting uh, COVID-19 using convalescent plasma. And what they need is they need people to donate so they can do more research into this. You may have read a little bit about this in recent days, but they are a national company, speaking of Griffles, with local ties Speaking of Talacris Plasma Resources, that needs your donations. The best part is those of you who may need some extra cash in your pocket this time of year, especially with the recession that we've kind of entered here with the pandemic, they're paying you money for your donations. And essentially, the, the key to this is, is the more you donate in a month, the more money you make. New donors with Talacris Plasma Resources, you can make up to $525 in your first month of donations. Returning donors can earn up to $475 in their own right. So it's a significant amount of money, and it could help you guys out, especially during this tough time. So check it out. That's our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. They're located at 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. If you know where the Deseret Industry Store is, they are right across the street and also right across the other street from our good friends at Sweet. Hawaiian Grill, delicious food. So go donate some plasma, eat some Hawaiian barbecue afterwards, and have a great experience. Let them know that Locked On Cougar sent you. If you want to call them and learn more about Talacris, you can do so at 801-377-1243. That's Talacris Plasma Resources, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. They are looking for your donations, guys. Help them out. Go donate. Make some cash in the process. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, part two of our conversation with Dan Olson right now on a Fan Friday. Let's talk for a minute about a debate I've seen you on social media having, and that is the great debate of Sam Merrill versus Jimmer Fredette. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good one. So so what was your question? Just kind of... Well, so you've been uh, very vocal in saying that uh, Sam Merrill should be considered at least in, at the bare minimum in the same pantheon of a Jimmer Fredette in BYU basketball lore. And a lot of BYU fans, even some former BYU basketball alums... Hey, Jonathan Tavernari, uh, have <laughs> have had their say saying that Sam doesn't belong in the same class or the same echelon of Jimmer Fredette. What is your take on this? Kind of explain it for people. I don't think a lot of people may have heard this at this point or maybe have read up on what you've had to say. Yeah, I, I actually heard Jonathan Tavernari. I think he was on that 960, the BYU radio. Yeah, ESPN and, 960, and, and, yeah. Yeah, so he – had some good takes and, and I respect his opinion. I mean, like, like he was saying, he, he compared it Jimmer to kind of like Lynn sanity as far as a, a hype perspective. I, I definitely think, especially in this area, but also I, I'm, I'm, it seems like um, nationwide and now worldwide with him playing overseas that, that he has quite a following. And, and yeah, at this point I'd say, yeah, maybe there are um, not, not as many people have heard Sam Merrill's name yet that, as, I've heard of Jimmer, but I think from a, I mean, a talent perspective, I mean, they're both similar players like a Jimmer. So I was on my mission 
um, when Jimmer was – when I came back, it was like the end of his senior year when like okay. it, it kind of reached its height. But I didn't see a lot of those games. But what, from what I did see, I mean, he won a player of the year. So, I mean, he's got that over Sam. And he um, – from what I saw, it seemed like he did, he was kind of like had Steph Curry range. Like he would – like the, you have to guard him the minute he's from – he hits half court. Yeah. Um, I think you do have to like give Sam some credit because like the um, – Kind of the way JT described it, he kind of said Sam had his 15 minutes of fame with the shot. I mean, and that was a great contested shot. Like, I, I mean, the, the, I can kind of compare that to the ones that Bojan hit for the Jazz this year against like the Rockets and the Bucks. Just, just like people in his grill, and he just knocked it down. But I mean, if you look at some of the other games this year and last year, he had some great NCAA, uh, not NCAA tournament. I mean, that didn't go like we planned, but. But Mountain West tournament runs. I mean, last year we were picked, finished ninth, and I think so a lot of that credit goes to our new coach Craig Smith, but also Sam. I mean, he kind of stuck it out. I mean, he didn't transfer anything when the old coach. I mean, didn't work out. He kind of stayed. And um, I mean, the the one thing I w- I wish Sam had done maybe has gotten at least a game over BYU. But but I mean, this year was pretty close. Yeah. Um, I'd say his ball handling's improved a lot. The one thing that JT said might be it might be hard for him, just as it was for Jimmer, to succeed in the NBA is is just his athleticism. I mean, he's six foot five. He has some size, but I mean, um, in the NBA, people can hit the same three point shots that Sam hits, and they're and some of them are almost seven feet. So I mean, it's a different ball game. I mean, and JT's experienced that firsthand. I mean. He he probably he was really good for BYU in his day, but it, it might have been hard for him to um, succeed in the NBA. So like he and Jimmer and I mean I mean even the great one of the greatest Aggies, JC Carroll. I mean he's doing his thing overseas, but I mean it's just I mean, we saw Jimmer tried to um, come back and play for the Suns, and he did you know okay, but it wasn't enough to like really earn a spot in the NBA and. I mean, I won't. I wouldn't call him a bust because I mean, well, he he was drafted tenth, and so maybe other people would consider him a bust. But I just think his game in college was so perfect for college, but maybe it just wasn't for the NBA. And I mean, I'm hopeful that Sam, being like a couple inches taller, um, really he's a workhorse. I think he'd be willing to accept like a spot up shooting role, kind of like Jeff Hornacek or Steve Kerr. I know it's it's kind of hard because this this day and age, maybe you don't see as many guys like that but I mean even a guy like Seth Curry I think JT was saying that if Sam really could um, work hard he could maybe become like a Seth Curry and get some minutes in the NBA kind of like Jimmer did before he was cut yeah well I I think you're right in that assessment the one thing I, I do believe that is going to help a kid like Sam Merrill is the fact that he's six foot five Jimmer Fredette was a shooting guard in the NBA trapped in a six foot six foot two point guard's body and that it was that was the kind of the plain and short of it and I just I feel like had he had size similar to a to what Sam Merrill has at that six foot five Jimmer might still be in the NBA today yeah it's just his inability to guard the position he was supposed to play or projected to play in the NBA it did him in and we'll see what happens with Sam Merrill but I think it's a very worthy debate my biggest um uh, I guess 
how do I say it, regret or what I would have liked to have seen is to see both this year's BYU as well as Utah State basketball programs get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. to see what Sam Merrill could do on the biggest stage. Obviously, they had a good run the year before with him and Nimi Ishketa uh, playing in the tournament the year before, but to see him do what he did to win the Mountain West Championship the way he did on that three-pointer, on that shot, uh, and to see it just ended like that it's one of those things I'm forever going to look back on and say, you know what, what could have been for both of those teams? Because both of them, I think, had the talent and the caliber of going to the Sweet 16 potentially, just depending how the matchups would have played out. I, I definitely agree. I mean, what I think is um, both BYU and Utah State, I think given the right matchups with, I mean, BYU's three-point shooting, having hit, hit a bunch of records this year, and and Utah State rebounding with guys like Kata and – Justin Bean, I think both of those schools could have easily gone through the first weekend and maybe had a, a sweet 16, kind of like the Jimmer days. And even a lot of national media was saying, hey, they, they could be sleeper picks to maybe even go to the final four. I, I think that's a little bit far-fetched. But I think, I mean, it, since we're talking a lot about what-ifs on the on the Lockdown podcast, I think for me, the what-if, the what if, the, for me, the answer would be like, maybe given the right, if they play the right teams, um, seems like they both have like mid-tier, like pretty favorable scenes. So I'd say they'd le- at least maybe get one or two games. For the Aggies, that would have been big. Cause, I mean, we haven't won a tournament game since 2001. And we've won a lot of conference championships, which is kind of yeah. like, as a mid-major, that's, that, that, that's kind of the bread and butter. Because like, even if you win a couple games in the tournament, like that's, that, that's great. I think some people would say it's more important to win the tournament than the conference championship but i mean it is kind of nice to take home a trophy when it's hard to um it's m- most teams aren't going to get to the final four for sure yeah i i agree with you it would have been fun to see absolutely all right uh dan uh Last thing for me here for you, and I, you've heard these on the other podcasts, but I kind of open up the soapbox and hand it over to you. I step off of it, hand it to you, and let you say whatever you want to say. Uh, you want to talk about the Aggies, you want to give some props to the Cougars, whatever you want to do, here's your chance. Go ahead. Oh, man. Well, I, I thought about a couple of things. Um, the first thing, um, I don't want to get too political or anything but i know i know we've just been in a difficult time with the covid and and the the recent um death of george floyd so all i would say is that we just try to unite together and and be understanding about that and realize that a lot of us are going through difficult times so i think we're stronger united and if you're it, like i think a lot of people it might be hard with like having kids or your job at home so if you're ever feeling discouraged or down, just please feel free to read it, reach out to me or, or someone. Cause I know that we all want to help each other with that. And this, the, the second thing I'll say, I mean, this year, as far as the Aggies and BYU and, and even Utah is concerned, I'd say that hashtag one is coming. I think I could see, I'm not going to say BYU will definitely do it, but if there was a, a good chance, I mean, this, it's probably the year with Utah kind of rebuilding and, and BYU having an experienced football team. And also, so the Aggies get BYU at home this year. And I'm, I've kind of been holding my breath with some of these transfers. Like Matt Harms is going to be tough. Um, if we if BYU had gotten Mac, Mac McClung, I was probably ready to throw in the towel. But <laughs> I'd say if um, I, I'd like our chances better in basketball than football this year. So um, 
I mean, BYU broke our chance at a three-peat last year for football and our football without Jordan Love. I'm not so sure about it, but I, I'd say at least in basketball for Utah State and football for BYU, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident for, for both of them. Um, and then lastly, I just want to thank you for the time to be on the podcast and yeah. – and go Cougars and Aggies. I mean, I, like I said, blue is my favorite color. Um, I've kind of switched. As a kid, I think I liked royal blue more, but now I kind of switched to the, the, the Aggie Navy. Um, also, one thing I have to throw in, mm-hmm. I need to try some more BYU ice cream. My <laughs> my wife my wife's tried both, and she likes the Aggie one better, but okay. um, I've heard uh, I'll, I'll have to take some suggestions. I've heard, like, the – um, Graham Canyon is pretty good uh, uh, down there. Hey, I'm a guy. I've had I've had some of the BYU Creamery flavors. I haven't had all of them, but I've also had plenty of Aggie ice cream. And I, both of them, I, I, people have asked me before, which one do you prefer? I'm like, I think they're both good. Let's let's be real here. I think they're both yeah. fantastic. So, uh, yeah, big thank you for your support of the podcast, Dan. It's great to have you on. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road, hopefully, and doing this again. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Take care, Jake. There you go. Dan Olson, a big thank you to him for joining us here on the podcast. Fantastic to get his insights as a Utah State Aggie, but also a guy who, as he says, is softened in his hatred of the Cougars or his stance against the Cougars. And it's fun to catch up with him. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation. We'll have more Fan Fridays in coming days and weeks. I think it's a fun thing to do. I enjoy getting your guys' insights on the podcast, especially when you guys can co-host it with me. If you'd like to be a co-host on a Fan Friday in the future, feel free to reach out. You can find the show on social media. Search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My personal Twitter feed, if you want to reach out to me there, is Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, the email address for the podcast is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And the best part is... You guys don't have to live here locally to be on a Fan Friday. If you're living out of state, we can do a Zoom call like I do with most of our people here on a Fan Friday, and we can have you guys on. So feel free, if you'd like to be a part of Fan Friday, to reach out. We'd love having you guys on the show. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar and Talacris Plasma Resources. A big thank you for their continued support. And the biggest thank you to all of you guys for your continued support of the podcast. It's not possible to do what I do without your guys' support, and I can't thank you enough for doing so. Stay tuned this weekend for special player countdown editions of the podcast, and of course, full editions return on Monday as we continue to count you down towards BYU and Utah kicking off the football season. Hopefully going to catch up with Weston Jones at some point today or tomorrow, speaking of Friday or Saturday, to interview him. We'll have that interview up for you as soon as we have it as well. Have a great rest of your Friday. The weekend is here. Enjoy it. We'll talk with you guys soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 5th, 2020. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.